Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of Life Lessons with Lisa and Lauren. I'm Lisa and I'm joined as always with the beautiful Lauren. Say hi, Lauren. Hello, everyone. I'm Lauren. And we are here today sharing our experiences, our life journeys that have got us to where we are. And by sharing our journeys, we hope that Maybe it'll inspire you. Maybe it will empower you just a little bit to be able to take back control of your life and start living life as your own authentic self. And so by us joining together and, you know, sharing what we have learned, we hope that that is something that you'll get out of it. So, Lauren, over to you. As always, thank you, Lisa. I would like to give ourselves a disclaimer that these are our life experiences, our stories, our observations we don't know your life we don't know your stories yet but we're not telling you what to do we're not telling you what you should not do we're just telling you what we have learnt and how we continue to apply those lessons to our own lives and we hope that you can take something from it and see what fits for you and today we've decided that we would like to share a little bit about Well, we're each going to share a bit about our stories, but this episode, I would like to hear about Lisa and how you have have come to be the amazing coach you are. So for everybody listening, you might have heard already, Lisa and I haven't actually met in person. We're on opposite sides of the country. We've known each other for not even a year yet, Mm. Um, all online. And I know a little bit of your story, Lisa, but I definitely don't know all of it. And now is the perfect opportunity to hear it all at the same time our listeners do. So, guys, I hope that I'm asking the same questions you would ask. If I'm not, please send us a message on our socials or drop a comment on the platform that you are listening to our podcast and we will try and answer those questions on a later podcast. So I'm going to shush up, enjoy my coffee and I want to hear all about Lisa. Tell us about your coaching. Oh, thanks, Lauren. It's so good to be able to share and talk about kind of from a more personal perspective of how we've come to be. And I can't wait to hear your story. So make sure um, you all come back and listen to the next episode so we can dive into Lauren's story as well. So yeah, I'm a coach and I haven't always been a coach. Well, no, that's technically not true. I think I've been in training as a coach my whole life because when I was a young um, young mum or oh, prior, prior to being a young mum I was a netball coach and I've been a netball coach for like over 30 years and also hanging out as a school teacher with young um, with my young students I felt like I had a kind of coaching mentoring role with them but I guess what we're really talking about is what kind of prompted me to you know, leave my teaching career and become a life coach. Although I technically call myself a femme empowerment coach because I love empowering women. So it's really a personal discovery journey, I think. I started to realise, well, no, first of all, I was diagnosed with anxiety when I, my kids were about 10 years old, so well, my youngest was 10 years old, so we're going back about 11 or um, 12 years now, I discovered I w- was suffering from anxiety. So I took myself off to the doctor, got medication, did some counselling sessions and soon realised that 
I had a good understanding of what was causing my anxiety, which for me was basically thinking, overthinking and worrying about every little thing. And all of that worry is terrible. Thinking thinking and bad things just happen. (laughs) I know, right? Well, thinking about bad things happening and projecting the worst and catastrophizing and all of those things. So I learned that I had a whole bunch of unhelpful thinking patterns that led me to get to a state where, you know, I would have a panic attack or I would um, lay awake all night long worrying and thinking and rehashing and going back over and over or telling, um, like having conversations, like if I'd had a conversation with someone that um, didn't go well, I'd re tell that conversation or re-say that conversation in the way that I wanted it to go and so I was literally doing my own head in and I was just like I just wanted it to stop I just wanted to stop thinking I just wanted to stop feeling so um well the other thing that came with my anxiety was stress so I just wanted to stop feeling so stressed out about everything all the time because I was worrying I was trying to do everything and be everything to everyone all the time and And that's really common that's when a lot of not just women but a lot of people will turn to self-medication of some description or addiction of some description to help numb that sort of pain you know whether it's alcohol or prescription drugs or shopping like literally anything can be can become that crutch to help block out the anxiety and the you know troublesome thoughts and stress yeah yeah I'm I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners nodding along right now to your story Lisa hashtag nodding (laughs) hashtag nodding feel free to (laughs) nod nod and I guess my addiction was a little bit of self-medicating I definitely had um I wouldn't say issues with alcohol but I certainly turned to the wine bottle at about four o'clock in the afternoon um but I think my other part of my addiction was to do doing doing all the time for everyone and um yeah basically I couldn't sit still I was like uh, a busy bee you know just constantly on the go all the time but of course that actually led to more anxiety didn't it because I had so many things that I needed to do then I would start to worry about how I was going to get them all done and I couldn't say no to anybody either so I was constantly um, putting my hand up to do additional things as well as all the responsibilities I had so I wore lots of different was wearing lots of different hats I was a mum and a daughter and a wife to begin with but then I was in the community doing you know netball coaching netball umpiring administration in the netball and that wasn't enough so I joined another committee which was all about the sports in our community being a school teacher, many school teachers will also uh, agree that just being a school teacher alone is a big responsibility. You've got, you know, your students, you've got your parents, you've got other teachers, you've got all those um, extracurricular activities. I'd go on school camps because I love hanging out with kids. And so it was very busy time for me. And I realised not long after I'd got my anxiety diagnosis that I had to do things differently. 
something had to change in my life. And prior to that, I was trying to get other people to change and other situations to change. So I was outsourcing um, all of my feelings, I guess. But I soon realised that they weren't going to change and the situations weren't going to change. I had to do something about it myself. So when you say you were you were trying to get other people to change, was the busyness, was that, you know, like you, you were coaching netball and then you took on the sporting committee? Was yeah. it that you weren't satisfied with how things were going with netball so you had to be involved with that committee? In the same way that a lot of mums will end up volunteering for the PNC and then they're in the canteen and then they're on the, you know, whatever other fundraising committee and all of that kind of stuff because it snowballs because you can see all of these broken systems, yeah? Absolutely. So you're making yourself busier because you're trying to make this, you know, important and significant change but you're taking it all on yourself. Absolutely. And I am am hardwired to help people and I'm also hardwired to see the bigger picture so I can see all the things that could happen to make something incredible um, and also the same wonderful talent that also gives you catastrophizing right absolutely you you can see like the whole matrix you can see every possibility that could happen which means that you can see all the way at one end how it can be blissful and perfect if everyone just did what I said (laughs) and then at the (laughs) other end that's like if you keep going the way you're going this is how it's going to end up oh yes you know oh I think I think we've hit a nail on the head there that's exactly what was going on and yeah so realization something's got to change what's got to change me I'm the only thing I have any control over. And when I realise that, woohoo, party time. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> it was a good realisation, but it took me, yeah. yes, it has taken me quite a while to actually put that into action. So over the next, you know, 12 years, I went on a journey of self-discovery. And now I can honestly say I'm a bit of a um, personal development junkie. (laughs) I've taken every course possible, read every single personal self-development book ever written and um, had coaches. I just need to stop for a minute and do something with my cat. (laughs) Just play it Okay, I just paused for a minute so Lisa could save the sound basically from Leo the cat destroying a paper bag. Real life, everyone. I'm not even going to edit that. So, Lisa, you were telling us about your journey of self-discovery, that you've gone 12 years since you were first diagnosed with anxiety. Um, was, it, was it an anxiety disorder? Is that what they called it for you? Yeah, more generalised anxiety. Generalised anxiety, yeah. So 12 years from then until now, and now you are... I know this bit, but you go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on, along my self-discovery journey, I found lots of tools that helped me to calm my busy mind and stop me from worrying about all of the things and um, really just help me to, I guess, understand myself understand why I do the things that I do and why I say the things that I say and who I am, who I am today. And a few of the things that I did were, you know, I studied yoga teaching. I became a yoga teacher. Um, 
and I loved, because I was enjoying yoga, I loved it so much, I wanted to learn more about it. So I studied teaching. During that process, I also realized that I love meditation. It's really beautiful. Um, both of them are really beautiful practices for finding stillness and going within and letting go, letting go of what you think is happening and just allowing yourself to be in the moment. So those two, um, two practices really started me on a healing journey. And I, while teaching yoga, I realised that I'm actually a coach. Like the teaching part of it, I've been doing forever because I'm a high school teacher, I teach. And when I learn something and know a lot about something, I like to share it and teach it. And so I decided while I was teaching yoga that it wasn't actually the yoga that I needed to teach others. It was about this personal development journey. It was really about how you can take back control of your own life and live life as you're meant to be living, not as everybody else thinks you should be, not as what you think everybody else thinks you should be, but as how you were born to be. And so I got myself a business coach and in actual fact, my business coach, uh, the idea of having a business coach was to teach me how to run a yoga business <laughs> and I was going to do retreats and um, all these sorts of different yoga-based activities. But as we got into the course, that's when I really, really tuned into this whole coach idea and I loved how she was coaching and I learned from her and her methods and I went, mm, I could do that. That's actually more aligned with what I want to be able to do because at 53, I've got a lot of life lessons, as you know, we've been sharing those life lessons. And I really felt drawn to be able to support other women who had struggles like I do, who say yes to too many things, who get themselves overwhelmed and end up exhausted time and time again, um, burnt out from doing all the time not taking care of themselves and really trying to figure out why we do all of those things. Why is it that we say yes to everybody all the time? Why is it that you feel compelled to have to keep doing, doing, doing? Why is it you always put your needs to the bottom of the to-do list? And so now I've got a really big tool bag of amazing things that I've learned from all of my different coaches not only from them, but, you know, just my own personal from experiences. From the whole journey, you pick up little bits as you go along. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just want to share it, share it with other women now, just so that they um, so that they can feel that same sense of peace and ease and that it is okay, like you are okay. I am okay in all of my messiness. Yeah. And this, this is like, okay, if, on the on the surface, when people think of a life coach, and and you're more specific about that, you're a fem empowerment coach. If I said that right, yes. It's it can seem a little bit oh you know who's got a life coach a bit you know um, up yourself kind of thing. If you <laughs> but yeah. it's it's not like 
I, I can remember thinking that myself, like who, who is going to have a life coach? What kind mm -hmm. of, how much, who's wasting money on talking to someone, but it's not, it is so powerful. It is Absolutely. so powerful. And what you're teaching specifically the femme empowerment stuff, like I've had a few discussions with people lately and about different issues specifically relating to women and what you are teaching is the groundwork for those massive issues, things like pay equality and education and women's rights and the things happening in Parliament House and that kind of, like all of these things at a base level are just women putting other people first. Yes. You know and that is changing and it is changing because of people like you who have gone on these journeys and done this hard work internally and, you know, it's taken you 12 years, mm. but if somebody works with you or with a, a coach that sits well with them to help them find their own power, which, you know, you would think would come easily because it's there inside you, but it gets mm. very deep with all of the crap that gets thrown at us through our lives. If, they, if you work with somebody to uncover that, the change is incredible. You cannot understand it if you haven't gone through it yet. And that's what we need across the board. Yes. You know? yes. So you, now you, I know, work with women. Mm -hmm. You work with women who have businesses. You work with women who don't have businesses and are just trying to recover or pre prevent anxiety mm -hmm. disorders, that kind of thing. But you also work with younger women. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I love what you said there. It is a transformation. I just want to kind of go back to that whole oh, coaching thing. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Sorry. I got all excited. No, that's all right. <laughs> I'll come back to that. But certainly the whole coaching thing. In the past, and as coaching is quite new, um, quite a new uh, trendy thing at the moment. And um, because in the past, when it first became a thing, you know, it wasn't therapy anymore. It was more coaching, mentoring. Coaching really was only for the up de do kind of people who could really afford to have pay someone to talk to, basically. Um, and so it was only for the rich and the famous kind of people. But now coaching is much more accessible for everyone. And it it is more than just teaching like the teaching part of my coaching programs is minimal like I do not tell people how to live their lives that is not what my deal is as a coach how do I know I have no idea what's best for you but what I can do and what my superpower is to help you or whoever I'm working with to uncover their own superpowers, to uncover what it is that really lights them up, who they really are and what it is they're here to do. And I just ask lots of beautiful questions, the right questions to help you rediscover who you really are. And I think that's the beauty of having a coach. Yes, it's someone who has a lived experience and you know, that's why the people that I work with tend to gravitate to me because they see similarities in their life. Like uh, my life is so similar to what they're experiencing that they can resonate with that. And then we go on this beautiful journey where I help them to um, 
you know, we have these deep, deep conversations about what's going on in their lives and why they think it's happened and um, help help them to see what they already know because they've just forgotten it. Like it's in every, everybody knows what they need. We just forget. Our society's trained us to not listen to ourselves. We've lost our intuition um, and we don't trust ourselves. So I hope you learn how to trust yourself again so that you can understand um, who you are and what you're here to do to be you. You basically come back to being you. Now, I had you asked me a question. What was the question? I was, I, I'd like to hear more about how you work with young women. Because oh, every right. time, every because I do hear a little bit about this because I know it's where your passion is at the mm. moment. Mm. And I just love that this is emerging as an opportunity for young women because I just imagine what it would have been like to have this kind of education, not just Mm -hmm. the support, but the knowledge available Mm -hmm. and accessible at that age. And, you know, the things that women go through, and when I say young women, I mean like teenagers and even preteen, right? Preteens, yeah. Yeah. So the stuff that those kids have, around them now is so different than when I was a kid. So, okay, I'm 34. Yes. Yeah, I'm 34. (laughs) So, you know, I was, I was a preteen like 25 years ago. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. Social media was not a thing. Social Mm -hmm. media was not a thing. Bullying was definitely a thing, but you know, it's so different. It is so different now. The stuff that comes up for my kids that came up even for your kids Mm. is so different than what it was for us. And I know how helpful somebody like you would have been for me. I can only imagine how necessary and vital it is for women now. Mm. So it's one thing to, to talk to a grown woman who has decades of crap piled on top of her that you have to uncover yeah how is it different when you're dealing with you know that sort of new yeah new woman you know before that shit really starts yeah well it it is different although not entirely in fact even girls as young as 10 um already have crap piled on them society is already having an impact and we actually learn who we are in sort of the, from the ages of five to 10, from about, you know, your preschool, early school days is when you learn who you are and how you're going to respond to the world. And that is a really crucial time. At the moment, I'm just working with, I'm starting my work with young women at 10, sort of the 10 to 13 year old age group. But Truly, it needs to begin when they're about five years old because that is when they are starting to soak up all the life lessons, all of societal's um, expectations and, you know, we start to get conditioned by the environment in which we live in. And that's a whole other story, the nurture, nature, kind of how we become who we are. But but the work I'm doing is based on, obviously, 30 years of teaching. So I've been in the education system for 30 years. I've also raised teenagers 
and I've been involved in a lot of um, community activities, particularly with young women, mostly with young women. I would love to be able to help young men, but I don't get them. I don't understand them as well as I do. I was um, about to say, you know, playing <laughs> devil's advocate, why do we specifically talk about helping women? Mm. Um, you know, mm. I, I don't know if anyone else does this. I've started to talk about it more because I want to know that I'm not the only one. I kind of have a back and forth in my mm. mind. You yeah, know, the little angel devil on my shoulder. So I'm sort of going, why do we only talk about women? Why are we only working on the young girls? Mm. Part of me is thinking, well, because we are, we were those young women. We know what they're going through. We know what we needed back then. Yes, yes. That kind of thing. But also the men aren't looking for me. it. No, well, some are. Some, some are. are. And, I mean, I don't know about you. I've never turned down a job because of someone's gender. No, and not just because it's a job, like I want to help people full stop. Yes. So, so yeah. if, if it, not if, when it comes to it, when this program of yours grows, yes. will you have a boys yes. program or would you integrate all yes. genders into the one program? Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> that, that is the intention. The intention, like this is a grand plan. I have a super powerful vision here for change. I'm, I want to change how our children um, grow, basically, and are, and are raised. And, yes, um, there will be opportunities for, for men, young men, to get the same sort of coaching and same sort of experience based on what they need and I and I envision having men involved like I don't I don't see myself as the person getting on the ground floor down on my hands and knees in the trenches with the kids I will have a team of incredible young um, mentors and um uh, facilitators and teachers involved and some of them will be men but I really feel like the girls need to learn how to be girls and the boys need to learn how to be boys so that they can then come together in society as their own true authentic selves and so the programs will I at this point in time who knows things could change but at this point in time they will be separate and so I I really am focusing on the girls now because that's where my experience lies as my team grows and as the program grows I will bring in more people of all diversities men and women to be able to provide what our kids need but so right now right now what I have is this beautiful little intimate container it's a it's an in-person situation at the moment because it's in my community and I can help my community here I know I have lots of contacts and lots of um you know opportunities that I can bring forth but it's a beautiful little container start yeah. yeah start at home build and build it build it you know test things out and see how they go but basically for eight weeks young women join me and a team of like I, I call it intergenerational so I have mentors who are just a little bit older so my participants are 10 to 13 years old then I have mentors who are 14 to say 16 or 18 years old and then I have other facilitators who are adults who come in and share their knowledge. So we come together in this little collective sister circle kind of arrangement where it's safe, where the girls get to be seen 
they get to be feel like they are held and um, appreciated for who they are so they can be themselves and we teach them we teach and we experience and we coach in that, that little environment. So for 90 minutes, we hang out and we learn how to trust each other, trust ourselves, how to build our confidence and basically just empowering them to be who they are meant to be so they can be confident, they can have the courage to stand up for themselves so that they can, um, you know, say yes to the things that they love doing instead of doing all the things that they think they have to do. And, and, and I like I, you specifically say that they were meant to be, not necessarily what they want to be or what they're supposed to be because what yes. they're meant to be, that's not... That's not you've decided what they're meant to be or society has decided. And want is difficult because what we want is often to, to fit in or to, to be accepted and that's mm -hmm. not necessarily going to look how they expect it to look. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there's lots of mindset tools that go on. There's lots of, um, you know, teaching about communicating, communicating your needs oh. and your wants and clear communication, um, you know, building courage, all sorts of trust and fun, lots of fun activities. So we have discussion, we have a little bit of fun and play some games and the games are all strategically selected to build a certain skill um, and uh, they have opportunity for reflection too, like self-reflection so that they can set some goals and we're there to support each other and cheer each other on and, you know, celebrate them as they progress through their little journey. So it's we've done our first... We've had our first round of the Fem Empowered this term, just finished yesterday, and oh, it was just so beautiful. The girls have grown so much in just eight weeks. Their parents have had some beautiful feedback from their mums about how much more confident they are in just such a short time. And, and just having, a, I think the big thing that came across was they just had a really nice safe place for their girl to be knowing that she was getting the support that she needed. So it was just beautiful. I loved it. Still little sponges at that age. So eight weeks is just, and I mean, I know that because I've been in some programs similar but for grown women and yeah you can have some amazing transformation in one or two sessions but mm -hmm. eight weeks dedicated to that one group I can only imagine now I think I saw a photo on your social media a, a week or so ago of a, the group you were working with and I saw them and I just went oh my god like I can just see myself like as a child slip right in there mm -hmm. and they all looked so happy and confident and natural like I mean they were posing but yeah. they were posing the way they wanted to they weren't trying to fit a particular shape or you know slink into the background or anything like that and all these things that I saw myself and my friends and things do you either tried to look a particular way or you tried to hide yeah and these girls were just here I am yep larger than life absolutely mm. beautiful it was, yeah. So with Fem Empowered now having done its first round, I'm super excited for what comes next with the program. It is brand new. I've only done one eight-week session and I'm sure there's going to be some incredible changes coming, you know, with that having, you know, the opportunity to be able to encourage young people to be who they're meant to be 
whatever that means. And I'm just so excited to be able to bring it to life and be kind of the fairy godmother, I think someone said one day, the fairy godmother sprinkling her fairy dust all over. So I'm looking forward to where this goes and what comes of the Fem Empower program and empowering young humans to be the best that they can be. It's just something that I think is so, so powerful and so needed in our current climate. But it's not the only thing I do nowadays, which is really cool. It's just one of those special You can't take things. the busy out of the girl, can you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can. I now have reframed the busy. I no longer do that busy thing and I choose very consciously um, the activities that I do have in my life. And so my business is about um, helping women and uh, Young Women is a little side program that's going to grow and be its own identity, but my core business is, um, is under the new banner of the Good Girl Rebellion, actually. <laughs> well, that name so much, the Good Girl Rebellion. Okay. Yes. Woo. Yes. Tell, the, tell us. Tell us what this is the about. Good, the Good Girl Rebellion is about helping uh, women to really find themselves you know we've been labeled good girls we've been conditioned to be good girls and along with that comes all those habits of people pleasing and doing what everybody else wants and doing what you think everybody else wants and being who you think everybody wants you to be that we've forgotten to be ourselves so the good girl rebels are really are really coming together to find themselves to become authentic to be true to who they are so that they can reach their truest potential and the rebellion really starts from me basically I'm rebelling against not being a good girl I think we're redefining what makes a good girl and um, I'm excited to be able to help women to you know break those chains of oppression and to really um, identify what it is that is keeping them stuck or holding them back and then helping them with the tools to realize their potential and be who they're meant to be so that's the good girl rebellion we do that in um one-on-one -on -one coaching where we spend three months together hanging out either on Zoom or in the Zen Den and you've got my support for that entire three months and also a mastermind where because I'm also passionate about bringing women together so that they can support each other so the mastermind has just been a natural progression where we come together for three months again and um, learn from each other and support each other and really um, empower each other to be you know reaching our true potential so it's that's kind of the other side of the business which is fantastic said um you know breaking from the oppression and that's like it's such a loaded word and when I first heard it I was like oh we can't say that we can't say that because you know we're well-educated white cisgendered middle-class <laughs> women yeah. but yeah. but it's a, it is a type of oppression it's a very serious and real type it might not be like literal shackles or you know uh, hopefully in most cases not beatings mm. or physical violence or anything but it's an oppression that's been very subtly but real really put upon us and not necessarily intentionally but that doesn't make it any less oppressive you know and this is the kind of 
I mean, we could go on about this forever, mm. like with every topic we talk about, but I was actually yeah. just talking about last night with my husband, um, the, the wage gap and how, you know, we're in his employment, he has individual agreements. I'm like, and that's how we get these wage gaps because women typically don't push for themselves. They don't fight for themselves. They are more likely to step back and say, that's enough. I've, I've got enough than I am worth more. Mm. And that is oppressive. It's yes. small, but it is significant. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> words yes. carry so much meaning. And when I have a react, when I have like a, a visceral reaction to you saying oppression, I was like, oh my God, we can't, but we, that is what it is. We have it to might not be how we specifically have used it in the past, but it's still what it is. Absolutely. And, yeah. This is me thinking out loud for the people who are listening and going, hang on, if you you have the same weird response as I do to words. I think it's a valuable conversation and there are words like that that are loaded um, and which is why it's called the good girl rebellion. I mean, that in itself, it is a rebellion. We are going to rise. Women are going to change the world. Already happening, but there's more to come. Yeah, but we have been oppressed for millennia, like, Yes, it doesn't feel like those chains and shackles nowadays. I'm sure there are still women in situations where that is the case. But essentially, I mean, my life is pretty normal, pretty average, pretty, you know, I don't have any real trauma as such has happened in my life ever. But I can see the patterns of my my parents' way of parenting, their parenting and the parenting beyond that like the generations of the way that we have been trained for want of a better word to be who we are is because of oppression it's because of some patriarchal kind of system where you have to be a certain way to be accepted and to be part of the group and that's what I'm all about. I'm all about breaking those chains so that you can be who you are, not who society thinks you're meant to be. Whether that's that... a way of breaking it, isn't it? Because it's not like you're going to the oppressors. No. It's impossible to identify because nobody is intentionally oppressing me at the moment. Exactly. You can't go to your oppressor and say, you can't do that anymore. I'm standing up to you. It's inside work. Absolutely. Nobody even needs to know what's going on. You can do it just you and your coach and your, you know, your uh, mastermind group. And those changes can be, uh, I'm so excited to see where this is going for you, Lisa, and the people you're going to touch with this, because it's not like any work I've done or, or worked with, but I can see the changes that have happened in my life and people around me through similar ideas but yours is so focused on just that individual woman Mm. and her own story and her own oppression no matter where that has come from that's that's going to be huge is going to be huge I couldn't couldn't agree more because personally I believe that the change has to start from within it has to start with you as the individual and then it has a ripple effect. It can't not have a ripple effect. It's like dropping a pebble into a uh, a pond. The ripples just 
filter out and filter out and filter out and it will have an impact. It has to have an impact. I've already noticed the impact that it's had from my personal change just on the people around me. The biggest impact I see is in my daughter because I am her role model and I've also noticed the impact it's having on my mother, on my mother who I used to blame for who I became whereas now I can actually see that she is a product of her conditioning and that she is starting to change because I am changing and or not yes yes I am changing but I'm also coming back to who I'm meant to be so that I'm actually changing by taking away yeah yeah (laughs) I'm, I'm learning I'm learning all the things Man, I've still got so much to learn, but that all? is for another day. That is for yeah. another day. I think, I think on that, Lauren, I think we've just about reached the end of my journey <laughs> for well, we now. Have, but I would like to ask because, okay, obviously, probably goes without saying, but you can, if you would like to work with Lisa or know more about any of the, the things that you have on offer and, the, you know, all the normal ways, social media, links in our podcast, all of that kind of thing, because of the wonders of the internet, there are lots of things that you can do online with various um, forms of your offers, Lisa. But I was also wondering, you know, the way you started and your journey has taken you to be teaching this kind of thing. Do you have any advice for a, a woman in your position or similar that is thinking about starting her own business or looking into becoming a coach or anything like that? How, how does, how did you decide? Okay. We know, we know why you became a coach, but how is it different as a business and why was it worth being a business rather than just, you know, helping your friends and family? Yeah, that's a really good question, Lauren. That is a really good question. I think for me personally, it was really about having taking back my control, taking back control. And in doing that, that meant I had to give up some of those things like my teaching job because I couldn't do both. Like, I was doing both for a while, but I found that the work I was doing with women and girls was so different to what I do in the high school system that the two just didn't gel. Like I just couldn't, I had to code switch so much. I had to pretend to be something in the school system and then come back to being myself to be the coach. So the two were just at loggerheads with each other. That was a really big decision for me to make because obviously my teaching career is a career that I've had for a very long time. And it came with it a whole heap of, you know, ego, like I've worked so hard for this for so many years. I've reached, a you know, a level of... Um, I want to say status, a status level within my community as the teacher and then to change and be a coach, that's like, whoa, whole different. And I've never never been in business before. I've always been a paid employee. So what do I even know about running a business? I think if there is any advice, the the advice that I would give someone who really wants to um, 
changed like how you do everything completely is to have a mentor. Like having a mentor for me was so, so powerful because even though I've got beautiful family and friends in the community and people who love me and want to see what's want to see me succeed, they often, their advice was often from a place of fear and um, not necessarily growth. So they, they wanted to keep me safe, which is beautiful. I love that and I honour them for that. However, for me to really change, I needed to get out of my comfort zone and the comfort zone's not safe. It's different. It, it has a whole heap of fear. So I needed to have someone who was outside of my circle of friends, outside of my family, who could see what I was trying to create and help me to, I guess, realise that dream. And by doing that, their focus was on me. Their focus was on what I needed and what um, what would help me to grow. So it was all about growth, really. And so having a mentor, I think, was so, so powerful for me because if, yeah, because, the, because I didn't need someone's advice to tell me all the ways that it wouldn't work. I needed someone to help me to see all the ways that it could work because I think there is now, I think there is infinite potential in anything. Like if you want to do anything, you actually can. If you have the right support network, if you have, you know, your own personal, do your own personal growth to be able to believe in yourself and to trust yourself to be able to do that. And, yeah, I think any the advice would be have a mentor and trust yourself like you know you know what's best for you learn to trust you feel that. It, don't you? yeah yeah you can feel it you just got to learn to to recognize that that's what that is yeah i, yeah. I 100% agree with all of that absolutely mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I, I i will wrap up but just following on how do you find a mentor i mean obviously lisa blackham coaching is an excellent place to go <laughs> for that kind of thing oh, <laughs> um, but okay did you want to give a shout out to your your coach or mentor? Yeah, well, why not? Or to yourself. <laughs> oh, no, I'm all about sharing. I'm definitely all about sharing because I think empowered women empower other women. And yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Some of the incredible women that have helped me on my journey and um, they've all served a purpose at different times. Amanda, ja- Amanda Jane Daly was my very first mentor. She is a business coach and um, her program really gave me the basics on how to build a coaching business. Um, and I loved working with her. It was a group mastermind kind of situation. Then I moved into something a little bit more intimate with um, Gemma Bernard and that's how um, Lauren and I met with our, with our with our master, smaller mastermind, really beautiful, supportive environment Gemma provided for us much more intuitively and that really helped get back to who I was and what was important to me. And that's kind of where I discovered the whole you know, good girl rebellion, really. It developed from there was the whole um, idea behind who I was and what I'm here to do. And I loved working with Gemma and getting to meet Lauren, obviously, so that we can share this journey together. And now my current coach is Emily um, Smith, MG, she calls herself, the real MG. And she's a combination of both. She's like bringing the strategy of building a business 
and all the tools and things that I need along with the alignment piece that Gemma had given me and when marrying those two pieces together and she's just been an amazing mentor who just sees me for who I am and asks me those tricky questions and really helps me to grow personally and in my business. So they're my sort of three main coaches who I've worked with who have had a real impact on me. How do you find them? Well, I have found all of my mentors through other people, basically, um, hearing their stories, um, listening. So Gemma was actually Emily's coach, so they had a connection there, and I met Amanda Jane Daly by by looking at other people, because I'd never done any coaching before, um, I, I researched different types of coaches. I followed them online. I um, saw other people recommending them in other little sort of groups that I was in, in Facebook groups and things like that. So in the very first instance, it was a bit of a, a raffle, I guess. <laughs> but, but now now it's very much um, by word of mouth and by recommendation and, and getting to know the person. Like I don't just sign up with someone who I have, who says, sells me something, like who's trying to sell me something or whatever. I actually go onto their Facebook page. I go into their Instagram account. I, You've got to do the stalking. Yeah, yeah, lo- yeah basically stalk them. Stalk them for months <laughs> to figure out. Yeah, figure out if they're my person. And if they uh, are not doing videos so I can see who they are and they're not, talking about their real life I'm like "Mm, do I want to work with you probably not if there's someone who I can kind of build a relationship with and see who they are yeah get to know them as a real person um, and see their journey you know is their journey similar to mine well they're the person are they a bit further ahead than me then there's someone I want to work with so yeah, it, yeah, so you, I mean, you're getting recommendations, you've got to talk to people, you've got to hear those stories and yeah, figure yeah. out because it can be, there are, as you said, you know, they're, it's really accessible. There are coaches everywhere. Yes. You've got to yes. find one that works for you. And like you say, it needs to be a little bit out of your comfort zone. So not a friend mm-hmm. or a family member and mm-hmm. like just that step further away. Yeah, um, definitely. Amazing. Yeah. And we all, as you said, empowered women empower women. We're just lifting each other up. We yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> things come from taking that leap, that step out. Oh, yes. Growth is at the end of your comfort zone. So get prepared to be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Lisa. I know that that's quite a summary really Uh, it's been a long journey and we've condensed it down to a relatively short period of time um i i cannot wait i cannot wait to see all the next steps in your business and where it's going to go it's going to be amazing not just for you but for every woman that comes into your circles that's so exciting and i'm so grateful to get to be following along with you Oh, thank you, Lauren. It is super, super exciting. I'm just like, ah, 
bursting, <laughs> bursting with excitement. And I am so pleased too that I get to share this journey with you. It's beautiful to have you along for the ride and be part of it. And I'm so glad that we got to hook up through our coaching programs to yeah. come together. It's just amazing. And I just tra- treasure and value um, all that you have to do. And I'm excited now to hear all about your journey. So let's get sorted so we can get ready to hear all about Lauren's journey. All right. So catch the next episode and hear oh, how I got to be De- Lauren Windsor decluttering and organizing coach. Woohoo. All right. Bye, everyone. We'll see you in the next everyone. episode.